You are listening to Cut Jib Newsletter Speaks, the podcast. This is uh, Series 5, Episode uh, Number 12, for Tuesday, November the 14th, 2023. It's JJ Sefton here, along with my good friend, co-host, and co-blogger, CBD, who is uh, out in New Jersey, still pining for the snowfall. Right, CBD? Absolutely. I can't wait. I, I just, I'm so excited. Now, it's not going to happen because of global warming, of course. Uh, I'll be uh, tanning in a bathing suit in February. But uh, no, nah, I'm just kidding, folks. Anyway, yes. yeah, it's uh, but we've had some, we've had a, a, a bunch of nice weather. It's been beautiful and crisp and clear. And uh, I really like, uh, you know, late fall um, in the Northeast. It, it is it, it makes me think that maybe uh, there is something to be said for living here, except for everybody else in the goddamn Northeast who are a bunch of fucking liberal scum sorry all right <laughs> <laughs> well you can come to wisconsin where it's uh you're gonna get all the snow you want eventually days, although yeah. we have some beautiful some beautiful weather here and it's uh i'm very excited because uh you know actually I'm, I'm looking forward to cold weather because we just had our attic completely re-insulated with uh like an r50 so bring on the cold i, I can't wait to go and get my coffee in the morning and not freeze my fingers off but uh, in any event <laughs> Really crazy, but in any event, um, you have an interesting uh, morning rant this morning in which you um, really go after. Uh, you know, she's sort of on again, off again, and this one she's really off again. Uh, the former lieutenant governor of, of New York State, uh, Betsy McCoy, and uh, with her wonderful suggestions about about how we can, you know, how things can get better in, in New York City and state. It's it's impressively stupid. Um, she suggests <laughs> she suggests the obvious. It's the obvious thing that would fix every city in the United States. You know, uh, stop freeloading migrants, uh, you know, stop the city from descending into lawlessness, cut taxes. And the the fourth one, which is just pandering uh, to a disgusting degree, which is protect New York's Jews. New York's Jews don't, as I said in the in my post on Ace of Spades this morning, New York's Jews don't need special protection. What they need is the NYPD to enforce the fucking laws. Um and maybe, maybe uh, at the same time, the uh, the the city infrastructure stop uh, pumping hundreds of millions of dollars into these special, into these uh, ridiculous. And I mean, when I say ridiculous, they are really ridiculous. These uh, sort of semi uh, non government organizations in New York that are that pander to every single tiny little ethnic group. Uh, except, of course, for the Jews. So we stop that, and uh, a lot of the anti-Semitism in New York will go away. It's, you know, the ridiculousness, and it's not just Betsy McCoy. It's, there are so many people in the pundit class who literally, and sometimes it, it even is the, you know, some of the people that we, we, we you know, who we look up to as uh, really the intellectual heavyweights, and I'm not going to really mention any names, but uh, Victor Davis Hanson. But, um, you know, and they, it's wonderful. Yes, these are all great things, you know, get rid of, Get rid of the freeloaders, do this, and so on and so forth. But they don't say the one thing, which is how. How are we going to do this? There's no, I mean, considering, and as we've talked about so many times, the abject corruption of, uh, from top to bottom of both the agencies in power and just the corrupt system that's in power of, of uh, so on and so forth, of, of the politicians. You know, and the su- suggestion is always, or, the, or the, 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 you know, the imploring us, uh, get out there and vote and, and elect more Republicans, and we'll, we'll really do the job. And considering the fact that a no-brainer vote, such as the the impeachment of Alejandro Mayorkas, 
who was one of the principal apparatchiks in destroying our border and destroying our national security with mass and waves of, of these migrant invasions, if you can't even get together to do that, eight Republicans voted against it, and a number of them also just abstained or weren't present to vote. If you can't do that, then then I don't see how uh, how we ever going to get out of these, these problems. So that's just it's just ridiculous. Oh, I agree. And you know what the the problem in New York City is is probably worse than any other city in the United States, and that is that the apathy of the typical voter. Um, the the typical voter, unfortunately, is is an illegal immigrant or a new immigrant um, or you know people who who suck on the city teat. So they have no interest in changing the the status quo. So what happens is that uh, a tiny, tiny number of people have uh, n- a number of voters have incredible power, and all they do is um, the obvious, which is to steal. So New York is in a very, very different and much worse place than it was in the early '90s when it elected Giuliani, and then after his two terms, elected Bloomberg. Um, I don't think that New York City has the capacity to recover from the spiral that it's in now. And I say that with a lot with a lot of sadness. Um, I was a kid living just north of New York City, and I loved the city. And my parents loved the city, and we would go all the time. And I have lots and lots of connections to New York City. And yet, when I go in there, and I, by the way, I go in less and less nowadays, um, I see how how much decay has occurred and it's sad and uh, as i say i don't think that it's going to recover i hope i'm wrong but i don't i don't think i'm wrong yeah i'm not holding my breath and and as many people know or perhaps they don't know i i'm a native brooklynite and and also a a native new yorker having lived there most of my life outside of a brief eight nine year stint in los angeles Um, but but coming back to it it really it has changed even before 9-11, there was a, a bit of a change just in terms of losing the neighborhoodiness of it. We've talked about this before, I'm pretty sure. You know, where you have some of these neighborhood stores that get replaced and, you know, by the big chains. So on every other corner, it's a Best Buy, it's a Starbucks, it's a Gap. And, you know, and I mean, you just lose the, the, the mom and pop shops that make New York so special. But after 9-11, especially, and then now, and then, of course, the destruction that was wrought by Bill DeBolshevik and now, unfortunately, also Eric Adams, who I think either whether he's trying to change things or who knows what he's trying to do, it's it's never going to happen. The, the the mindset, as you say, CBD and the the electorate has changed drastically, and also the fact that when when De Bolshevik was running in those two terms, New York City had the lowest voter turnout, I think, in if not in history, then in a very very long time, perhaps over forty or fifty years. And so, if nobody's going to show up to the polls, and I realize that New York City is you know overwhelmingly it is a Democrat city, but still, it you know if you're not going to show up to the polls, it's 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 you know what what's the point? Um, we came close in New York State with Lee Zeldin; he almost beat you know Kathy Hochul, and that was kind of a shock. And if you want to, you could you know perhaps muse about the the political machine and the you know the mail-in bar- ballots and the fraud and all that sort of stuff. But you know with the changing electorate and the apathy and all and so on and so forth. Uh, you know, you are right. I don't think I can't see New York coming back. And plus, you add on top of it the whole COVID nonsense, where uh, all of a sudden, you know, the city's the city was abandoned. The commercial real estate market went went kaflui, uh, went south very quickly. And now nobody wants to come back and rent, you know, whatever hundred, two hundred, three hundred dollars square foot office space when nobody wants to come back. And 
On top of it, people were getting mugged, raped, stabbed, beaten up and, and left, right and center when, you know, this Alvin Bragg is not going to prosecute criminals. So it is a death spiral. I don't think New York's going to come out of it. Yeah. You know, I have uh, we have friends who live on the Upper East Side um, and um, they're a little bit older than we are. And uh, he was mugged, um, you know, pretty much broad daylight um, in a very, very nice neighborhood in New York City. And that's happening more and more. And, um, you know, when when New York can't even protect the rich uh, in, you know, in nice neighborhoods. Well, what, what's it like in Brownsville and what's it like in East New York and what's it like in the in the places that are traditionally high crime uh, must be descending into madness. And uh, as well, you know, we can beat this one uh, all day. But uh, it does it does, though, have national implications just just as a, as a point. You raise a very interesting point about that. In that the whole defund the police and the whole Black Lives Matter terrorist movement and all this kind of stuff is predicated on this 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 hideous libeling that law enforcement is there to suppress black people, period, end of story. And the irony is that all these these programs like uh, uh, anti-crime programs that were instituted also by Rudy Giuliani way back when, which made a huge difference, made a huge difference in poor neighborhoods in black neighborhoods in latino neighborhoods and those are the people that are screaming the loud the loudest or trying to scream the loudest for the police to come back but uh you know when you go against the meme then you you will be silenced and of course uh, you know that you're you're powerless so that's that's the real tragedy of this whole thing and per- perhaps potentially it's an it's an opportunity to woo uh these groups uh, to to not vote for democrats who are who are doing this to them i, I hope that's a a strategy, but as we've talked about the GOP when we opened the show, uh, you know that situation is very much in doubt, like everything else. Yeah. So sticking to New York, um, Columbia University just suspended a couple of uh, student groups, um, Students for Justice in Palestine, and one that I had forgotten about called Jewish Voice for Peace, um, because they uh, quote repeatedly violated university policies related to holding campus events, which is just such a wishy-washy, scummy, Ivy League cocksucker thing to say. Why don't you say? Why don't you? Why don't you tell the truth and say yes? Uh, they advocate for genocide, which is exactly what these organizations are doing. But um, as, as I mentioned to Sefton uh, before we, we we talked we, before we started recording. This is too little and too late. Columbia University is a hotbed of Jew hate. It is filled with not only uh, students who who hate the Jews and are willing to take that to violent extremes, but it's filled with professors and administrators who hate the Jews and are willing to take it to violent extremes. So the idea that they're going to suspend these two groups, and by the way, I am 100% sure that the suspensions are temporary, uh, but you know it's cute. But it ain't going to change a damn thing at Columbia University. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, Columbia University, as we all know, or perhaps we or some people should know, was the home of this one particular professor, this Rashid Khalidi, who was a particularly virulently uh, anti, anti-Jewish uh, individual. And uh, at one point, I believe he also taught at the University of Chicago, where a, uh, a state senator at one point by the name of Barack Hussein Obama, as Rush Limbaugh would say, uh, gave a speech at his farewell dinner. Uh, and, uh, you know, the tape of this has been embargoed and sealed in the offices and in a safe in the offices of the Los Angeles Times. 
And to this day, they refuse to release the tape or even a transcript of the tape, because I guess it would prove embarrassing to Mr. Obama uh, applauding a, a person who sees, you know, not only the Jews in Israel, but the Jews around the world as a fit only for mass graves and death and extinction. So and that's just one professor. You can, as you say, CBD, the professoriate is rife with the most anti-American, anti-Western, uh, anti, anti-Semitic. Uh, people that you can possibly imagine, and these are the ones that are teaching these these students or indoctrinating these students in in the in the most heinous of things. And it's not just the professoriate; it's now bleeding down uh, into into our schools, into our public schools. So it's it's small wonder. And people are, you know, I see these these headlines. You know, Jews are shocked. They're shocked to see students, uh, you know, protesting in favor of of the genocide of Jews in Israel. Well, it's not so shocking when you consider. Uh, what's been going on in the schools for the last 50, 60 years. Well, his uh, compatriot at Columbia, uh, Edward Said. Edward yeah. Said, yeah. yeah. He was he was another charmer, too. But, uh, yeah, you know, I, I can't say much more about Columbia University. I hope that it, uh, I hope there's an earthquake in New York and it falls into the fucking uh, abyss. <laughs> um, it's a pathetic <laughs> place. And, you know, it used to be uh, one of the one of the world's great universities, and it has descended into multicultural madness. Yeah, um, well, it's just you know, it's again we talked about this the descent of of New York City as as I pointed out in many of my uh, of my rants over the last few weeks since this whole invasion and even before then, the anti-Semitism at some of these colleges and, and my alma mater, which is Brooklyn College, and Brooklyn itself, which was literally traditionally one of the safest places, if not the safest place on the planet for Jews to call home outside of, of, the, of the state of Israel. And to see it descend and become, you know, where Jews have to really literally look, look on and put their head on a swivel to see who's going to give them the knockout game or do whatever to them, or they have to cower in fear every time they try to go to a classroom. Uh, that's just the most God, it's just the most depressing and 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 sad, tragic thing I can even think of. It's terrible. I'm like, you know, it's it's. You know, what are you going to do? It's it's it's. Yeah, and you know, something. It, it's an example of the long march, uh, which has which is mostly complete. And the institution that they chose is is higher education, um, which, which of course extends into lower education. But you know, the the idea that um, that this is these are just kids um, is 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 wrongheaded. Uh, you know, you look you look back at Nazi Germany and the greatest support that that uh, Hitler and the Nazi Party got was in the universities. So um, the the support for for Jew for, for, for genocide for, for genocide in Israel uh, on American campuses is is chilling and it's it's terrifying. Anyway, you know, was, let's uh, yeah, but, let's uh, yeah. since we're beating up on the United States, let's uh, let's shift <laughs> about twenty five hundred miles to the west. Um, and talk about a, uh, a state formerly known as California. I think it's going to be called, uh, boy, <laughs> you, you name it, it can be called it. Um, California is is descending into anarchy. Um, the last uh, amusing thing that happened was that a uh, a an underpass or an overpass rather uh, in Los Angeles of the uh, of Interstate Ten burned because uh probably a bunch of uh, homeless people started a fire and now they don't even know when it's going to to be rebuilt now for those of you who are not familiar with los angeles interstate 10 is a pretty goddamn big freeway and <laughs> the vital it is one of the uh, vital arteries of that of yeah. that uh, <laughs> not only la but of the state 
it goes right to the port of Long Beach. And from the port of Long Beach, you have uh, the trucking industry. You have the seaport, which brings in, it's one of the biggest ports, if not the biggest port in America. And from there, you know, yes, a lot of it goes intermodal on the railroads, but a lot of it goes on the highway. And when you can't move on the highway, you are screwed. Yeah. So apparently 300,000 uh, vehicles a day travel that portion of the of I-10. Um, you know, only 300,000. So no problem. Bag of shell. Well, look, they wanted to reduce car traffic anyway. So, look, uh, there you go. You know, if I have a tin, tinfoil hat conspiracy nut, I'd say they almost did it intentionally. See, stay out of your car. We don't need it. It's good for the environment. There but, we go. Uh, that's ridiculous. But I remember when I was living in L.A., this is back in 94 when they had the Northridge earthquake, a section of I-10, uh, a little bit further to the west, uh, closer to Culver City, actually collapsed. And it was amazing that, uh, and I remember seeing that and going, oh my God, that's going to be down for a long time. They actually had it repaired and back up in operation within two months, which was to the credit of uh, whoever was running. I think at the state at the time, let's see, was it Pete Wilson? I think Pete Wilson might still have been the governor and Richard Reardon was the uh, was the mayor. The, the two, two of them were Republicans and they were both great. That could be, uh, yeah, Bradley was gone by then. So, you know, there you go. But now you have Newsom and you have Karen Bass. So good luck with I-10 being repaired anytime soon at all. Yeah. Um, the, the one thing I, that, that I'm curious, well, it probably was a homeless encampment. I, I can't really, you know, conspiracy-wise, but our borders are so wide open. You wonder if it is an intentional sabotage or some, you know, whether it's a Muslim, whether it's an environmental weenie, you know, wanting to burn it down to stop automobiles. But, you know, you these Listen, days... The, these the people crazy, are criminals. Yeah. The, you yeah. know, they the, the, the conceit that they're not criminals are just, you know, coming to America for a better life. Uh, is crap. They're cr- criminals. They broke the law. If if you want to come to America for a better life, obey the law, and uh, we'll, we'll put you on a list, and we'll give you a call in ten years. Um, but these people just want to see the world burn because you know for various reasons, and uh, wh- whether this is by plan or simply because they wanted to start a fire and see what happened, I don't really care. the The upshot is that they have destroyed. Well, uh, they, they certainly have have damaged uh, Los Angeles infrastructure significantly, and. And, and the idea that it's going to recover anytime soon is is also laughable. Anyway, let's again, let's move. But, but, but there's one one thing. Just as a well, go now ahead. if you go a few hundred miles to your to your you know favorite town of San Francisco, uh, San Francisco, as we all know, is a shithole. I don't know if you're going to bring this up. I don't want to step on your. your well, I was just going to bring that up, so go for well, it. Well, you go ahead. I'll you can I'll I'll let you do it because you're the you're the MC here. <laughs> go ahead. No, no, no. I you know this okay. is this has been in the news for a couple of days. Um, <laughs> So the uh, they're they're rousting the bums in most of San Francisco for uh, um, for the premier of China's visit to the city, and uh, you know San Francisco has been filled with uh, with bums for years and years and years. I remember seeing it in the eighties, and it was it was it was bum central, and it got worse, um, worse and worse and worse, and now it's uh, apparently unbelievable, um, and uh, all of a sudden miraculously they got rid of all the bums because uh boy i you know i i would hate to, to say that this is a, a rank political manipulation but it is a rank <laughs> political manipulation you know they just want to they just want to make it pretty for the chinese so that they can get uh so they can get a little bit more money for san francisco that's pretty much all it is yeah it's 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 absolutely yeah it's amazing when you're motivated by the by the wrong things but Look at this way. It would have been the right thing to do a long, long time ago to to, you know, make your city a livable place by enforcing laws that that are anti vagrancy, that are, you know, that arrest criminals for actually committing crimes and protecting the citizen. 
but they don't want to do that. Newsom hates the citizenry, and he has a hard-on for illegal aliens, for criminals, and for anything that, that supports his you know, his rise to power and keeps him in power, which is basically every vagrant, bum, ne'er-do-well, miskite, uh, you want to name it, miscreant that, that you can think of. But except for the taxpaying citizen, if he really still exists in San Francisco or even in California. And it's a disgusting maneuver. It really is just just absolutely revolting. But we'll see. You know, it's funny. I don't. I have yet to see any reaction from the, the usual suspects like the ACLU and so on and so forth, and usual liberal mouthpieces going after Newsom. Maybe they have. But it also raises the point, Newsom was just in California as well and sucking up to the Chinese. And it's like, dear Lord, I mean, uh, this guy is, uh, is he electioneering? Is he, who knows what he's doing? But that's dangerous. That's just all of it. Is, and it's disgusting as well. But when they're motivated, they could do anything. But if they're not motivated to do it for the right reasons, which is, you know, making America the place that it's supposed to be, then of course they won't do it. Well, what's fascinating is that, that Newsom admitted it. He just said, <laughs> yeah, we're cleaning it up because, you know, the, my, my bosses are coming from China. He didn't really say that, folks. But <laughs> let's face it, that's the subtext. Um, and, he, you know, he, I don't think he's embarrassed. No, they, they ha- he has absolutely zero shame. I think it's p- partly because he realizes that there's no way in hell or. Well, look at it this way. The only way that he gets voted out is you've got someone even more radical than he is or is a female, transsexual, person of color, colored person, whatever you want to call it. And then, of course, he'll, he'll be given the boot because he's white, male, and heterosexual. But until then, it's, it's the hubris is amazing. There was an article about Biden today. Biden just hired some guy, or I forgot who it was, to a, to a pretty uh, important position in the Treasury. And it turns out this guy just held a multi-million dollar fundraiser for Biden. I'm guys no. effing shame. Say it ain't so. And it, it's just the... the, the, the <laughs> It's like I always my favorite my my new favorite word chutzpocracy, which is a combination of chutzpah and hypocrisy. But the chutzpocracy of this is just absolutely radiant. Here's the guy who's under the gun for well, whatever it is with James Comer and the investigations and the laptop and all this. We'll see how far that really, really goes. But the fact that all of this shit is happening, he still has the the, the freaking cojones to do something like that is just like like no one's really going to even pay attention. Yeah, it's just it's it's, it's being mainstreamed. And speaking, let, let's let's keep. <laughs> Let's stay on this topic of uh, corruption. Let's shift about 2,000 miles to the uh, to the east, to okay. Atlanta, Georgia, um, and our favorite 400-pound failed politico, uh, Stacey Abrams. Apparently, she founded a, uh, uh, a well, let's face it, you know, a, a, a money funneling um, organization called the New Georgia Project, and it was it used to be headed by uh, Warnock, who was the uh, you know everybody knows is the scumbag senator from uh, from Georgia. Uh, and my God, it, they're suspecting it of financial mismanagement. Who knew no. that could possibly happen? I thought the Democrats could run things better than that. I'm shocked. Run th- you mean run legitimate organizations or criminal organizations? Well, criminal ones. They got caught. How the hell did that happen? Well, they got caught. But what are the odds of them actually getting prosecuted and anybody even facing jail, let alone any kind of a censure or whatever? Like slim and none. I mean, everything is so mopped up, you know, and it is. It's a, it's a, it's a criminal organization. The whole government is absolutely corrupt. Unless you're in a deep, deep, deep red state where something could theoretically happen, uh, it's just, you know, it's it's laughable. This is all, you know, we we talked about this with um, maybe with Scott McKay and with, uh, or, or maybe even with Walsh or whoever. Just the, um, 
you know, the, the, the NGOs, these non-governmental organizations, which are governmental organizations and act as front groups for, you know, for funneling political favoritism and, and illegal money and campaign contributions and so on and so forth. And it's all done because we have a justice department and uh, that is completely, you know, in the pocket of, of the left and they yeah. will not do anything. So and then, even if, that, and as, as, as Scott McCabe discussed, you know, it's the mainstreaming of, of, of failure essentially, but yes. with that failure uh, comes corruption or maybe corruption drives the failure. I don't know. And I don't care, but that, well, they a, go hand in a, hand. Right. That's what Walsh says. He says, it's not that the system is corrupt. It's that corruption is the system. Yeah. And so when you, when you sort of realize that, then everything else we talk about, like, you know, and, and you know, poor, if I want to give Betsy McCoy the, you know, the, the benefit of the doubt, I mean, she's not a bad lady, but she's just freaking clueless with these cockamamie editorials about, Oh, we got to, you know, well, all we have to do is this, this, and this, well, how are you going to do that when all the instrumentalities of doing it are in the hands of even worse criminals than the criminals you're trying to stop. So, you know, square that circle, my dear. So, so speaking of, of failed politicians, uh, let's let's talk about uh, Rona McDaniel. Oh dear God! I so uh, Kurt Schlichter, who I, is really just a, a fun read, and I recommend yeah. him to everyone. He, you know, he, you might not agree with him, but he does not pull punches in his articles. Anyway, he he says, uh, "Hey, Rona, resign." <laughs> and of course, it's absolutely correct. It's the only rational thing for her to do. Um, she is she has overseen. Uh, let's see, since 2018. So she's overseen five years of unbelievable failure on the part of the Republican National Committee and Republican parties th throughout the uh, the states. Uh, she has done not not just nothing. She has she has been actively subverting any any positive accomplishments on the part of the Republican Party. And th the idea that she is still in power at the Republican National Committee is unbelievable to me. She is a pathetic loser. She is a she is exactly why the Republican Party is failing. You know, well, you know Republicanism. Yep. Thy name is Rona McDaniel. And by the way, the the photograph that uh, Schlichter has of her, she's putting on a few pounds, which I like. <laughs> you know, I hope she gets fat. Zoftiga, you know, Zoftiga, whatever woman there. But you know, the the one thing you 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 neglect is her her maiden name, I believe, is Romney. No, so she is, yeah, exactly. Oh, you so know, you're you shocking go. me today. I'm shocking. I'm I'm shocked. <laughs> Claude Rains here, ladies and gentlemen, gives his French accent. But anyway, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it's it's not it's by it's got to be you know it's not just incompetence. It's got to be by design. She's you know she knows full well what she's doing. She's protecting. The sinecures and the trough of the of the pigs who who you know who care less if the Democrats are taking a blowtorch and a, and, and a sledgehammer to America as long as they get their chance to uh, pick up the crumbs at the table. That that's all it is. Yep. Any attempt at at, at at any kind of reform, that's one of the pillars of of this of this whole thing. It's a complete kabuki theater that that is that's a joke. I mean, all Ronald McDaniel is is basically Michael Steele with tits. I mean, Michael Steele is now what is he? He's a, uh, a you know he's a, a a bludgeon against against conservatives on. Uh, I'm sure he's on CNN. Uh, he must be right, on I mean, CNN. I, Maybe CNBC. I, I don't know. I no, mean, uh, MSNBC. No, right or MSNSDAB, as I call it. Yeah. But I mean, that's I mean, that's what she's bucking for. Speaking of Buck, Ken Buck, another knucklehead. I mean, you know, that's that's all it is. We don't have anybody. We have no party. I mean, it's like I said. If you can't find. Unanimity in getting rid of Alejandro Mayorkas, 
whether that is, uh, you know, you know, whatever, whether it does any good or not, considering who the administration is and the corruption. And there's like nine million more Mayorkas behind him where he came from. It's irrelevant. You have to send a message. And if you're not going to do that, you're not going to get people to the polls. We can yeah. talk about, yes, the abortion issue. And we've talked about that and all these things and the mistake of, of, of what, and, you know, of, of promoting it when it's when it's a, when it's a killer for us. But when you're not going to even at least do something halfway competent and do the things that you need to do to get people to the polls, get a strategy that that actually excites the, the, the base to go out and vote again, you know, really come out in force and subvert the, you know, the the, the criminality and subvert the Democrats. Then well, the thing is that they, it, you have to have, you have to have um, negatives and positives. You have to, you have to motivate the base to come out and vote against the Democrats. That's certainly important, but you also have to motivate the people who want a more positive message. And that's, that's really the purpose of the Republican national committee is to, is to craft those messages and then, and then make sure that they filter down to everybody in the in the country. And the fact that she is incapable of doing that makes me wonder what her motivation is. And by the way, I, I, I got to take a shot at, at Donald Trump. Um, and by the way, Schlichter does, too. Uh, he, he pimped for her. He is responsible for her for her reelection as the chair of the D, of the RNC. Did I say DNC? Oh, huh. there's a Freudian <laughs> slip. The, and the, the fact that Donald Trump supported her makes me want to puke he he screwed that up and he needs to admit the fact that he screwed it up and he needs to fix it he needs to push like hell to get somebody else in place because let's face it she's going to do nothing to get him reelected. Um, no. you know uh, first of all i don't know if she can do anything i think that she's incompetent as well as a politi- as a pathetic uh apparatchik of corporate republicanism yeah, I'd like to look. I'd like to literally see what her resume is. What has she done? I, I have never heard of this woman before she burst onto the scene as uh, as the RNC chair or as the, the nominee for it. I mean, we had someone. In the, we had someone that that could have been really made a difference in Harmeet Dillon, and yeah. she's a she's a cheerleader for conservatism. She was actually a cheerleader for Donald Trump as, as you know, he was an advisor. Or, you know, he's a, she was a pro-Trump person. Why he wouldn't support her? I mean. It's amazing how, and I try to look, and I do my best, and you know this, I try to defend Mr. Mr. Trump where I can, even though I am not exactly thrilled with him these days on many of the things that he's doing. But, you know, sometimes he'll go to the mattresses for the wrong people and for the wrong thing. And then here he is, he goes to the mattresses for this woman, as opposed to someone who's really, you know, of cut theoretically from the MAGA cloth. And I'm going, you just got to freaking shake your head and going, you know, you know if you're not going to help yourself. How do you expect us to help you, Donald Trump? I mean, it yeah, you know, the thing about you, you mentioned Dylan and she's a perfect example. You know, aside from the fact that she was a, a Donald Trump supporter, she's yeah. really smart. Sure, Folks, exactly. Listen to this woman speak. She's a, a very, very bright and perceptive woman, and she needs to be in the Republican leadership. Yeah, it's just it's it's very disheartening. I mean, so if you're not going to at least do that, I, I get I don't understand your motivations. Mr. Oh, President. I agree. So let, let's it's talk about something that's a little bit more heartening. Uh, the Times of Israel had an article a couple of days ago and the title, uh, the, the headline is a sizable U.S. demographic. Many evangelicals are sending money and manpower to Israel. Well, that doesn't surprise me at all, because the Jews best friend in America are the evangelicals. Uh, and I think they're wonderful people. I think that, uh, by and large, they are good people. And I, I apologize for lumping everybody into this, uh, you know, into, in, 
into a, uh, you know, a word evangelical that apparently is a dirty word among many Jews. Um, but the fact is that these are these are people who who give back to their communities. These are people who who are charitable, and these people love Jews and Israel. And you know something? If there's a religious reason for it, I don't care. It is the reality of their support that is important. And I think that American Jews need to get their heads out of their asses and link arms with our best friends and become a united front. And you know something? That might be the first step toward fighting uh, militant Islam in the United States. Agreed. It's probably, and I think that that is happening. It's or at least the, you know we're on we're on the roads of that, of just the dissolution where one fighting faction is going to be these masses of, you know, Islamic uh, hordes that are here along with all the other hordes from the rest of the world trying to carve us up from the inside. But you're right, CBD. I mean, I have no. People tend to think, you know, and it's like it's like the old. Old guard. I'm gonna edit this out because I'm like a, a, j- a jabbering fool. But people tend to live in the past. They have they have preconceived notions about things, and they refuse to give them up. They still think the Democrat Party is for the little guy, is for Jews. They're all you know pro American and blah 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 and FDR and so on and so forth. And they think Republicans, uh, evangelical Christians, hate Jews and cross burners and they're anti Semites and. And it's like the worst anti-Semites, as, as we have seen, are on the most liberal, quote unquote, places in America, the college campuses of the big cities. And if for Jews not to recognize this, and some of them, oh, my God, I'm shocked. They are recognizing it. And just still believe this 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 bullshit that uh, um, that the Ronald Reagan and Jerry Falwell had designs on turning America into a white Christian nationalist, evangelical, totalitarian dictatorship where uh, Jews would be persecuted. Let me tell you something. I feel more comfortable being probably the lone Jew within a 10 mile radius than being <laughs> than living in Brooklyn. I swear to as God is my witness, I feel more comfortable here. I never thought in a billion, billion years I'd ever say that, but I do. And God bless the Christians, the evangelicals, or whoever it is, whatever denomination they want to be, or people of faith who understand that this is a war. Not that, only no, no, you know something? Let's, I'm going to stop you right now. People sure. of faith. That is the important part. Yes, you know, faith, faith can drive malign effects in the world, but faith can also drive wonderful things. And I think that the American evangelical movement has by and large been a, a positive for America and in this case for Israel. You know, you know I, I, I hear I, I hear the, the, the ranting and raving about the evangelicals from from liberal Jews all the time. And the thing is, they've never met one. I have. So I think I'm going to. Use use that uh, that rejoinder when when they start talking about uh, how evil the you know the right wing evangelicals are. Well, really, have you ever met one? Have you ever talked to one? Anyway, exactly. right. Well, that's it. I mean, how many? Yeah, where, where was where are the evangelical Christian armies that were invading Brooklyn and doing unto uh, Brooklyn's Jews what uh, Hamas did to the uh, the residents of Sterot and all the other you know? Pla- it, it doesn't happen. It's a myth. It never happened. There is no you know. It's like everything else. It's like this Biden you know looking inwards against we're going to go against the, the biggest threat of America is not only climate change but it's white Christian MAGA nationalists and white supremacists out to doesn't exist. It's a myth. And so when people just get their freaking heads out of their ass and wake up and smell the coffee, uh, right there, things will be an improvement just, just by that alone. But uh, ridiculous. It's just, it's crazy. Yeah. I hate that. So I'm going to give a little plug to a, uh, a Ooh. diner in Huntington, New York. That's on Long Island. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it's called the Golden Dolphin. 
Um, okay. And uh, it's owned by a Greek man who I'm um, shocked. <laughs> was, yeah, I know. Uh, kidding. And he um, he started putting up uh, posters of uh, of the kidnapped in yes. you know after the Gaza catastrophe, um, the Southern Israel catastrophe, and he got a huge amount of abuse and vitriol, and um, I uh, apparently some of his his employees were threatened and so on and so forth. And to this man's credit, he has not backed down. Um, I'm looking at a photograph of of the, his diner right now, and uh, he's st- still got his posters up. So if anybody is anywhere near Huntington, Long Island, in, it's in New York, uh, the Golden Dolphin, please go there and spend your money because he's a good yeah. man. Absolutely. Cheeseburger, cheeseburger, without a yeah. doubt. And, and, and I got to say this, and I'll close with, with this statement on, on that note. I mean, we all take our shots at John Fetterman for obvious reasons, but for whatever reason John Fetterman is doing or his handlers, given his medical condition, um, he has unequivocally stood in support of Israel. He has not, uh, you know, tried to wishy-washy it and say there are you know, good and bad on both sides, God forbid. But he has literally lined his office with the posters of all the missing people and is standing in full support of Israel. He is saying Israel should not have a ceasefire until all the hostages are released. And, you know, for a guy like this to sound, you know, who's he is a hardcore leftist, really a liberal to do this is really kind of a very, very uh, a shocking thing. And it's a surprising thing. So I may oppose John Fetterman on probably every single policy that he supports. But for this, for taking a stand like this, I am pleasantly surprised. And I, I give credit where credit is due. And I thank Senator Fetterman for doing this. Okay. I think I see a pig flying over my house. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's Ronna McDaniel with a, a snout. And, uh, yeah. You know, yeah. Well, I, with that, and since I am, I'm at a I loss. Think I'm tapped out. <laughs> All right, folks, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this one up. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for hitting our tip jar. Uh, it, it is appreciated, much, much, much appreciated. And uh, we'll talk to you in a couple of days. Indeed, for CBD, it's JJ Sefton. Ditto. Thank you so much for your continued support, and some of it, some of it from you, from many, many, uh, many contributors over the over the last couple of years, and some very, very generous ones as well. We thank you for that. It keeps the lights on, and we will see you Sunday with some special guest for the extended uh, version uh, of the Cut Jib Newsletter Speaks podcast on the Cut Jib Newsletter Speaks Radio Network, and we will see you then. Thanks for listening, folks. <laughs>